Well, good morning. Uh, joy to be with you all here. And uh, this summer we have been going through the book of Colossians uh, and studying that and, and taking a look at Paul's word uh, to the church in Colossae. And, and you probably, or many of you have been getting uh, our, our devotions via email for each week. And, and so we pray that those have been uh, a blessing to you in your study of, of God's word. And as we come to, to chapter 3 of Colossians and what Paul's uh, letter says to us this morning, I'm reminded of something that has been true about me uh, for, for pretty much as long as I can remember. Uh, my parents, my mom and dad would tell you that it's true about me. My siblings, they'd agree that it's true about me. My wife would tell you that it's true about me. Uh, and that is the, the fact that for as long as I can remember, even when I was a, a little kid, I've always been kind of particular about the things that I wear. And, and I'm from Minnesota where we understate everything and it drives my wife insane. And so when I say I'm kind of particular about what I wear, what I really mean to say is I am extremely particular, borderline obsessed <laughs> about the things that I wear. Uh, such that when I was, when I was a kid, uh, my mom and dad, they had this, this nickname for me. It was Mr. Styles. Um, because I was always concerned about wearing uh, the thing that, 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 was, that was the latest, the most fashionable. Um, and, and my wife, uh, she knows that this is true too. Sometimes, you know, when it takes me, you know, two hours to get ready in the morning, you know, it's taken me forever uh, to pick out my outfit. She'll just be like, you're such a diva about your clothing. Or refer to me as her fashionista husband. But, but it, to be honest, it, it has always been, been true about me. It, it remains true about me to this day that, that I am, am rather particular about the clothing that I wear. Now, you may be similar to me. You may not be. Uh, you, you may not really care about the things that you wear. Uh, comfort may be the, the biggest thing for you when you choose your clothing. But most people will agree that in one way or another, the things that we wear, the clothes that we put on, have a way of saying something about who we are. And, and so I'll be perfectly honest that when I choose my clothing, uh, when I go shopping, uh, I'm often trying to portray a particular identity about myself. I, I want to say something about who I am, whether that's expressing our, our creativity or, or showing people the occupation that you hold. Maybe you wear a suit and tie every single day of the work, or every single day of the week to work. I, I know Seattle's not like a super formal city, so that's pretty uncommon. Uh, but maybe you're trying to show people that, that you're a lawyer, a, a business professional, a, C, a CEO. You, you want to show people that, that you're, you're an Amazon creative, something like that. But we have this way of trying to show the world who we are by the things that we wear. The, the things that we put on, the clothing that we choose, has a way of saying something about who we are. And so it should be no surprise to us then that Paul has a lot to say about what we put on. Except for Paul's not really concerned about clothing. He's not really concerned about the things that we wear, the store that we shop at. He's not concerned about the latest fashion. What Paul's concerned about is the lifestyle that Christians that followers of Jesus put on? Well, what do your actions say about who you are? How, how does this life that you put on display to the world the identity that you hold as God's children? Right? And we read what Paul says. 
He says in chapter 3, beginning at verse 1, it's printed in your bulletin if you'd like to follow on, follow along. He says in verse 3, verse 1, chapter 3, verse 1, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated, at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. So Paul says, if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. Seek to put on this lifestyle that comes from above. And if you look back in chapter 2, he says very plainly that you have been baptized into Christ's death. You have been raised to new life with Christ. So if you have been baptized, then you have, in fact, been raised with Christ. So if you've been baptized, then you should, in fact, be seeking to put on these things that are above. Seek to embrace this new life that has come down to us in Jesus Christ. Put away that old earthly life, the one that belongs to sin, the one that is dying and pass away. Forget about it. Put it away. Or or, or to put it a different way, throw out the old clothes. Right? Uh, Kathy's children's message was, was perfect. Right? Put away the old dirty t-shirt. I'm, I'm so thankful for Michael because I would not be caught dead in that shirt that he was wearing. <laughs> although, although we are in Seattle, you know, grunge is a thing. And so, so maybe if you just want to drop that in my office. Just... Right? But get rid of the old clothes. You've been washed clean in baptism, raised to new life. Get rid of those old, sinful, dirty, stained clothes. Don't put them on anymore. Right? If you uh, go out for a run, or a bike ride, or whatever your preferred method of exercise is, or perhaps you're, you're doing yard work in the hot sun, or, or we're in the Pacific Northwest after all, if you go for a hike in the Cascades, you're probably going to be dirty, You're going to be sweaty, and when you do that, you come home, you wash yourself clean, you bathe, and you put your old clothes back on? No. Right? That that would be disgusting. That would essentially defeat the purpose of bathing in the first place. Right? You put on new, clean clothes. So why, if we do that, why would we put on the same dirty, stained, sinful, dying clothes that we were wearing before? Right? Don't put on the old clothes. Put on new clothes. Those old ones, they can just be thrown in the trash. They can be put to death, burned them. Right? Paul says in verse 5, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these things, the wrath is coming. So all of these things that Paul cites, he says those belong to the old way of life. Those are the old clothing, the dirty, the stained clothing. Throw them out. Get rid of them. There's no more place for sexual immorality. No more place for impurity. Tame those passions. Put to death those evil desires. Put away covetousness, which Paul says is idolatry. This desire for things that are not ours, Paul equates with worshiping another god. He says, put it away. 
He says, in these you too once walked. Verse 7, in these you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave-free, but Christ is all and in all. If you have been buried with Christ in baptism, you have been raised with Him. And so Paul calls the Christian church to put on Christ, put on that righteousness. Get rid of the old way. Get rid of the, the anger and the wrath and the hatred. There's no place for it anymore. Now get rid of the lying, the obscene talk. Cast it out. Paul says, when Christ is all and in all, when we have put on Christ, there is no more division. There's no more division between race and social class. Because all who have put on Christ have been united in Jesus. You know, I think sometimes we, we maybe read very stern words like this from Paul. And, and we're tempted to, to maybe kind of put the cart before the horse a little bit. Uh, there, there is this saying that, that the clothes make the man. And, and I think sometimes we maybe apply that in a way to what Paul says. That, that if I just start doing these good things that God praises and, and stop doing the things that he condemns, well, then I'll be acceptable. Then I'll be right. But you see, I think that misses a few things. Because what Paul says here is that stain of sin, it's much more than just cleaning ourselves up. We can't just put on a new set of clothes and suddenly think we're right before God. The, the, the problem is much deeper than that. Uh, back in the Old Testament, God called a prophet by the name of Zechariah. And in Zechariah's prophecy, God gave him this vision. And, and it's recorded in Zechariah chapter 3. Now, in this vision, we see a picture of Joshua the high priest. And this takes place on this day that is called the Day of Atonement. Now, if you remember from back in, in your Old Testament lessons, the Day of Atonement was the one day out of the year that the high priest was given permission to enter into the Holy of Holies. Now, if you remember back in your Old Testament lesson, the Holy of Holies was this place in the temple and before that, the tabernacle, where the Ark of the Covenant resided. And the Ark of the Covenant was the place that God promised that His presence would be with Israel. And so once a year, the high priest could go into that Holy of Holies, into the presence of God, and offer a sacrifice on behalf of the sins of God's people. Now, in his book, uh, King's Cross a man by the name of Timothy Keller, he draws on the scholarship of another man by the name of Ray Dillard. And Ray Dillard kind of unpacks all of the, the cleanliness and all of the things that would go into preparing the high priest to go into the presence of God in the temple. 
It, it would start actually a week beforehand. The high priest would seclude himself from the rest of the nation of Israel just in case he might accidentally touch something unclean. And then the night before the Day of Atonement, the high priest would stay up the entire night. He, he would just be poring over the scriptures, reading and studying and praying, all with the effort of purifying his soul. And when the morning of the Day of Atonement came, the high priest would begin by bathing from head to toe, and he would put on a brand new, unstained, white linen garment. And once he had done that, the priest would enter into the Holy of Holies, and he would offer a sacrifice. Now, this first sacrifice, it wasn't for the sins of Israel, it was for his own sins. Because before the priest could intercede for Israel, he had to offer a sacrifice for his own sin. So he would offer the sacrifice, he would come out of the Holy of Holies, he would take off the garment, and he would wash himself again. He would put on another brand new, unstained, white linen garment, go back into the Holy of Holies and offer a second sacrifice. But this one still wasn't for the sins of the people. The second one was for the sins of the priests who would assist him in his service in the temple. So he's offered a sacrifice for himself, a sacrifice for the priests, after which he would leave the Holy of Holies again, take off the linen garment, bathe again from head to toe, put on another brand new linen garment, and go into the Holy of Holies a third time, finally offering this sacrifice for the sins of Israel. Also keep in mind that this whole spectacle was done in public. Now why all of the ritual? Was the high priest, he was the representative of Israel before God. He was the one who would go and intercede on behalf of God's people. And so he had to take every measure possible to make sure that when he went before God, he went before God unstained, pure, perfectly clean. So we see this vision in Zechariah chapter 3 of Joshua the high priest. And it's the day of atonement. He's standing before God. And, And here's the vision that God gives to Zechariah. Chapter 3, verse 1, Zechariah writes, Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, O Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this a brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was standing before the angel, clothed with filthy garments, And the angel said to those who were standing before him, Remove the filthy garments from him. And to him he said, Behold, I have taken your iniquity away from you, and I will clothe you with pure vestments. And I said, Let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him with garments. And the angel of the Lord was standing by. Now as the people of Israel would would read and, and hear this word from Zechariah, This would be a completely scandalous image. How dare the priest try to go and stand in the presence of God wearing stained garments? Are you kidding me? But keep in mind that this is a vision given to Zechariah from God. God is trying to say something to the people of Israel. He's trying to tell Israel... 
It's never enough. The, the, the sacrifices, that the, they'll never be enough. The, the work you do, it will never be enough. Trying harder, it will never be enough. It will never be enough to make you clean in the sight of God. No matter how hard you try, no matter how much work you do, you will find yourself standing in the presence of God wearing filthy garments and the enemy standing there accusing you, pointing to each and every stain, each and every blemish on your life. Each and every time you fall into sexual sin, each and every time you've given in to the passions, each and every time you fall into anger and malice and hatred, the enemy will be standing there pointing out the stain on your garment. And there's nothing we can do about it. There's only one person who can. And the one who gave the clean garments to Zechariah has done the same thing for you. You see, our God has taken our garments away. He's taken them off and He has heaped them on His Son, Jesus. Who on the cross becomes both our perfect priest and our perfect sacrifice. Jesus hangs there, stained with His own blood as the perfect representative before God. As the perfect sacrifice for our sins. And because God has heaped our dirt and our stains and our sins upon Jesus, we get to be clothed with those perfect, clean, white robes of His righteousness. In Christ, God has made you clean. In Christ, you can stand before Him confidently because we have the perfect high priest. We have the perfect sacrifice for our sins. We can go before him confidently knowing that our sin has been atoned for. And so then, as God's children, as Paul says, put on then, as people who have been forgiven, as people who have been washed clean, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or in deed, do everything. Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Everything you do, every good deed you embrace, Every time and you go and you embrace the vocation, those things that God has called you to, do it all in the name of Jesus. Giving thanks for the forgiveness that has been given to you. As you go and embrace compassion, kindness, humility, as you go and forgive one another as you have been forgiven, do it in the name of Jesus. As you embrace the love that binds us all together, as you let God's word and his peace dwell in your hearts, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father through him.
giving thanks to the Father for our perfect high priest and sacrifice who has granted us clean clothes. May the clothes you put on, may the life that you embrace be a reflection of who you really are. May it be a reflection that you are a child who is deeply loved by God such that he would give his own son for you. Amen? Amen.